This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. What does your God look like? I'm going to keep asking that question. And who is God? So as we kick off this book club discussion around the book, The Education and Miseducation of the Negro, Carter Godson Woodson, Carter G. Woodson, the father of black history, Black History Month, Black History Week, religion is one of the things we're going to splay forward. We're going to literally dissect how religion has been used to keep people in bondage. Mm. And it's a sore subject, particularly for people of hue, <laughs> people from the global majority. And it's no coincidence that throughout the diaspora, Jesus has been used as a weapon, has been weaponized. Now, from Brazil, Brazil, I don't think it's a coincidence that Brazil, the largest gathering of black African folk descendants any place outside of the continent herself has the giant statue of Jesus, which I actually want to see. And now I'm like questioning why, right? Because it's clear from my reading of my Bible that Jesus didn't look like that. So one could question, and I think we, we throw out baby Jesus with the bathwater. And I need us to not do that, right? Those of us who are of faith, if you have, if you are uh, identified as a follower of Christ, if you know your Bible backwards and forwards, even if you don't, if you are religious, I'm putting up air quotes in, in your pursuit of, of knowledge of God, right? You have to confront how the book, that Bible has been used to indoctrinate you into a view of yourself that is counterproductive to your wholeness, right? And I'm saying this, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tread lightly because the reality is so many of us, they have done such a great job in wedding our identity to this thing called religion that many of us want to get into a fist fight if we challenge God, the notion of God. And this goes across religions. So whether we're talking about Islam, where a person will, will fight you, blow up your, your whole entire building, your life, they will kill you on site for having the audacity to say one bad word about Allah or Muhammad. And I'm talking about so-called Christians who, instead of uh, being, you know, allowing themselves to be challenged, will want to fight as well or cut you off. I don't want to be cut off. I need us to think, think strategically and think intellectually about, and we need to think intellectually about God because God is not, uh, it shouldn't be emotion. Your relationship and I'm using that word on purpose, your relationship to God should not be an emotional one. It should be one that is uh, approached with fear and trembling, as the word says, and also one that you can go through the paces and still arrive at the same conclusion, which I have, that there is a God. I have gone through many different iterations of religions. I have studied. Um, I used to, I, I graduated from Drew, Drew University, and I've mentioned probably in previous podcasts, but definitely in speeches, that I didn't spend a lot of time in the classroom. But where I did spend a lot of time was at the feet of people who are scholarly. And uh, Drew has one of the largest seminaries in the, in the country. They have uh, educated more black preachers. Most of the really amazing black, black preachers, Sam Proctor and others, have come through Drew University. And I had the fortune, the great fortune, to sit at the, at the feet of many scholars, religious scholars. And I would have these deep conversations just about daily on my way to the UC to play Galaga or pool. I would 
head over to the seminary and spend time talking with the Al Wallers and, and uh, guys and women who were pursuing this thing called religion, right? As a, as a practice, as a profession to get their PhD. And what I learned is that you have to challenge. If your God is too, too small to be challenged, you got to check your God. Like, your God can't take care of somebody calling, calling him or her out of his or her name. And I'm saying him or her because God has to be a non-gendered being. It just doesn't make any sense any other way. If we are made in God's image, what sense does it make that God is a penis-carrying man or a breastesis-having woman? God has to be a being beyond anything that we can possibly comprehend. And it ha God has to be so big that we can't even process or comprehend the enormous power that God holds. And, and, and I say this to say that in, in the process of coming to my own personal reckoning with that, it, it actually made my, my faith stronger to know that my God is that big that I shouldn't even try to utter or, or, you know, and, and I think we treat God the way we treat dogs. You know, a lot of us who've had dogs, we, we humanize dogs, right? We, we uh, put human traits on animals that will bite your face off, right? Um, if not treated well, right? These are still animals at, at, at their core. But we like to humanize them. We put them in baby carriages. We carry them around in little bags. We feed them human food. Uh, we goo goo boo 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 them. And we treat them like people. Healthy, wealthy, and wise. And the healthy part requires that you move your body. We're going for 10,000 steps on average a day, and Bomba socks will help you on your way. Yes, I did that. Okay, listen, poly cotton blend, lightweight, which means no matter how hard you work out, your feet will stay cool, dry, and comfortable, never sweaty. Bomba socks provide support in places you didn't even know you needed, like your arches. Each sock is built with a special art support system that's supportive, but not too tight, like a nice hug, but on your foot, a foot hug. And of course, if you're pounding the pavement or the treadmill or on the bike, the socks can bunch, bunch up, not Bombas. They are designed with a left-right contouring and a wide stitch heel so they stay perfectly in place. And what's really cool about this is every pair you buy, Bombas will donate a pair to someone in need. And it's the number one most requested item in homeless shelters, socks. So Bombas was created to make sure that people who are in need get socks and people who are working out have the best socks they could possibly have. So go to bombas.com slash Karen today, 20% off your first purchase, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Karen, 20% off. That's bombas.com slash Karen. Dogs are not people. Dogs are animals. I love dogs. Let me just be very clear. But I'm also very clear that a dog is a dog, not a person. And, we, and, and actually, dogs are more loyal than human beings. Actually, some dogs are better than people. Let me just put that out there. Like, I really feel that way. They're very absolute. You know what you can get. They're happy to see you. Like, dogs are unconditionally loving you. Dogs are really dope, but they're not people. And God's not a person. God is God. And that's something that you got to figure out yourself. Now, let's put Jesus in the mix, right? Uh, I just told you, you know, it's interesting that one of the largest gathering of black people anywhere in the world outside of the continent of Africa herself is a giant statue of outstretched white Jesus. Jesus' arms outstretched. White Jesus. I just came back from Ghana. White Jesus on billboards all throughout this African, black African nation. White Jesus. 
And I said, how did white Jesus get here? I'm confused. I don't understand it. But I, I know now, right, because we're doing the miseducation of the Negro as our first book club book. And I need y'all to think really and come to the table. Like, I don't want this to be a superficial conversation. I need y'all to come to the table with questions that you have been pondering your whole life or questions that you just thought of, but questions that are deeply thought out. Not just some like, ah, um, you know, you know those book clubs that some of you have been in in the past. This is not going to be that, right? So I want to just really take apart Carter G. Woodson's um, great work. And he st actually starts with religion. Uh, so we're going to start there as well. And I think it's really powerful and empowering when you think about um, his words. So I'm going to go right to the, one of the first chapters. And he says, um, the so-called modern education with all its defects, does, however, does others so much more good than it does the Negro because it has been worked out in conformity, conformity, excuse me, to the needs of those who have enslaved and oppressed weaker peoples. I'm going to read this again. The so-called modern education does others so much more good than it does the Negro because it has been worked out in conformity to the needs of those who have enslaved and oppressed weaker people. For example, the philosophy and the ethics resulting from our educational system have justified slavery, peonage, segregation, and lynching. 2020, a new year. It's the perfect opportunity to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people. But finding qualified candidates can be challenging. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin makes it easy. ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there with their powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes and finds people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlighting the top candidates so you never miss a great match. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Check that out so that you can give yourself a free pass for treating people differently. Or worse, killing them. Worse, taking their land and killing them. Worse, taking their land, killing them, and using the education system to, de to demonize them for 400 years. Yes, he said the oppressor has the right to exploit, to handicap, and to kill the oppressed, based on this education system. He said Negroes daily educated, Negroes daily educated in the tenets of such a religion of the strong have accepted the status of the weak as divinely ordained, and during the last three generations of their nominal freedom, they have done practically nothing to change it. Their pouting and resolutions indulged in by a few of the race have been of little avail. Again, this book was written in the 1930s, and he's talking about three generations. He is literally one generation out of being in bondage himself, right? And he's saying that the religion is baked into the education. And because it's, it is religion, it has forced black people who have been indoctrinated into that religion of education to accept the status of being second class, to accept the status of being divinely ordained into that position, son of ham. And he said three generations 
of nominal freedom have changed nothing. Pouting and resolutions, marching and chants have done little. And he said, no systemic effort toward change has been possible for taught the same economics, history, philosophy, literature, and religion which have established the present code of morals, the Negro's mind has been brought under the control of his oppressor. So I'm gonna just let me let that marinate. It starts in our schools. It starts in our schools. This religion of, an, of, of de demonization of black people, this religion of oppression, this religion of de denigration starts in the schools. I've shared this story, my father remembers it as if it were yesterday, rest his soul. Being six years old in a classroom, singing Dixie, all black kids in Newark. White teacher leads, I wish I was in a land of cotton. Old time, times there are not forgotten. Look away, look away, look away, Dixieland. In Newark, New Jersey, you are, and he said he remembers being so excited because the beat was so, you know, and you know, it was like, ah, oh, yes, and they get the clap, and they were, you know, and they just sang it, and how, how often, you know, how do we learn our ABCs? Through a song, right? And so if you can indoctrinate kids through a song about wanting to pick cotton, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? But those are the foundations of this education system. So the work to, to undo it, Carter G. Woodson spent 40 plus years trying to and yet there's still some of us that are so wedded. So I wanna start with, at, with religion herself because it's a system and it, it is an institution that walked hand in hand with slavery. <laughs> and there was literally a slave Bible, which we'll talk about hopefully during our book club that was handed to people in bondage. They got to do their own form of church, but it was approved of by master. Would master let you really pray to your giant God, your omnipotent, all-powerful God, unless he gave you a version of God that couldn't save you, that allowed you to believe that your condition of bondage was ordained by God herself, himself, themself. So I was thinking about that, right, as I saw so many white Jesuses in Accra and Kumasi, and they also, in Kumasi, uh, Islam is huge, right? So the, the, the uh, horn is, uh, bellowed and, and the prayer of Juma, it's like everybody stops, very, very, very religious. And I was like, wow, this is deep, right? Because Islam also, as well, don't at me. Ask yourself, how big is your God, right? And what does your God look like? And if your God doesn't look like you, and I'm not saying your God needs to look like you, but if, if God, if you are made in God's image, you have to see God when you close your eyes and see yourself. Because that's really, to me, what God has meant us, us to be, right? If, if we are God, all of us collectively, and I've said this before, a billion of us come together, exploded into a billion pieces, we're a piece of God, each and every one of us. Do we treat one another the way we treat one another? If the person in front of us is also a piece of God, if the person in front of us also looks like God, as I do, if I'm a piece of God, then I move differently in the world and I move differently with other people because we're all part of a collective and that's how powerful and omnipotent and omnipresent that God can be because we all move like that, right? But if my God is blonde hair and blue eyed with straight hair and white, white skin, 
my God, what does that do to me? And if I beat that into my children, and if my children beat that into their children, and that's beat into us for 200, literally 200 years, 300 years, and then exported onto the continent herself, yo, how crazy is that? He said, no systemic effort, this is Carter G. Woodson, toward change has been possible for the same economics, history, philosophy, literature, and religion which have established the present code of morals, the Negro's mind has been brought under the control of his oppressor. I don't know what we do with that, but I do. He said, the problem of holding the Negro down, therefore, is easily solved. When you control a man's thinking, you do not have to worry about his actions. You do not have to tell him not to stand here or go yonder. He will find his proper place, air quotes, proper place, and will stay in it. You do not need to send him back to the back door. He will go without being told. In fact, if there's no back door, he will cut one for his special benefit. His education makes it necessary. This is an important conversation we're about to have. Are you ready for it? Are you ready to be challenged? Are you ready to challenge the very things that you've been taught about God, Jesus, Allah, Muhammad? Are you ready to challenge yourself? See, I went on this journey. I went on this journey and it, and it brought me to a place where I had to read books like Conversations with God and had, had to read the Celestine Prophecies and I read, of course, the Bible and read the Quran and, and I've come to a, a, an understanding that God is, is so, so big that we don't even have the capacity to put God in a box. And why should we? There's a scripture about eating meat when you grow up. You know, as a baby, you, you have to be on formula or, or, you know, mother's milk. I'm paraphrasing the scripture, but it, I'm getting to a point here. So many of us are still on, on the teat. So many of us are still on formula, infamil, similac, and on mother's milk. And we've been at this thing called religion, at this thing called spirituality, for 20, 30, 40 years, still drinking from our mother's tit. Grow up spiritually eat solid food spiritually and what that means is some of the things that you've chomped down on may may not sit well with you maybe you have to cut it into a smaller piece maybe you have to be on a vegan spiritual diet i don't know because it's all of us have a different walk because all of us have a different purpose all of us have a different reason for being here coming through our mother's womb knowing god knowing the hairs on our head set us aside for a purpose, all of us, differently, on purpose. We're different on purpose. And if you're listening to this and you are a person that identifies with a made-up construct called whiteness, and you call yourself white, ask yourself why. Why? Why would you look at yourself as a collective when you were put here as an individual to do a thing? And I get why black people are black. Is it out of defense? But what has that defense done for us? What have we accomplished with that? I'm challenging us to do more, to be more, to be as big as the God that some of you serve, some of us serve, I serve, actually is as, as big as God actually is. That's the challenge, which requires you to be as big as you can be. Ah, ooh, ooh, yeah. Some of us run to the safety of of the Bible, because if, as long as we follow letter, chapter, and verse, we don't actually have to get out there and find out who we are and what we're about. And that only comes through experiences, some of them, like you don't have to take crack, 
to understand uh, how awful crack is, right? So that is another thing to, to explore. Like, you don't have to be an alcoholic to understand that your liver is going to uh, come back on you. No, you don't have to do some things because some things just common sense will tell you, I don't need to do that. But as, as far as exploring who you are and what you're about and what makes you tick and what your talents are and, what, and you know, how gifted you are and which areas, you got to do some things to know. All right, I know I'm not a painter. I know I draw outside of the lines all the time. Maybe I'm an abstract painter. Maybe I am. But no, that's not something that actually I get thrills out of getting up every day to paint. I know that that's not my gift. I'm not a painter, not a singer. I know that. I know I can hold a tune, but my voice isn't special. I know that, okay? Um, I am a teacher. I get, I get a thrill out of that. I know that I'm a teacher because when I was seven and eight years old, I wrote in my little book that that's what I wanted to become. I wanted to be. I was inspired. So guess what? I teach in so many different ways, and I've been teaching, and I love it, and I can get even better at it because apparently I'm a horrible space teacher. But no, that's not true because the person I taught in one hour, we actually won a game. Now, the methods may be tough. <laughs> I'm a different kind of teacher. I'm not going to teach like everybody else because I'm different, and so are you. All right, this is going to be one topic that we're going to explore in our book club. You can follow me on Twitter at Karen Hunter at Karen Hunter, use the hashtag podcast, so at Karen Hunter hashtag podcast, and then I can search on Twitter for your comments and your questions and things like that. But join us on YouTube. You got to subscribe to the channel, Karen Hunter Show, and jump in fourth Sunday of the month. We're kicking off the month of February with Carter G. Woodson's The Miseducation of the Negro, and we're probably going to start with the, with the question of religion. So I uh, hope you got something out of this. Share it if you did. I appreciate that because this podcast is free. <laughs> so share it with as many people as you'd like to uh, that you think need to hear this message today. And until next time.